This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 506, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 506. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I am back with Josh Flanagan. Hello! And Ron Richards. How you feeling? You all right? I gotta tell you guys, this is a much preferable situation to be in than last week. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, we played it cool on the show last week, but you had us concerned. Well, I was we concerned. Worried. We I have worried. nothing that I gotta tell you. <laughs> I, we I don't have the flu in a while. We are I fanboy. We like comics. Every week we read a giant... Stack of comics that feels never-ending in a way, but isn't. Tell you something, it wasn't that bad. No, we'll get to that in a minute. One of their picks, their, uh, picks our favorite book, call it the pick of the week. We'll talk about that in the podcast with, along with other books. We're not doing any listener mail this week because there's so many comics. We're going to do some extra ones. Normally we do about ten. We're going to have more than that in the show because we just not could not whittle the list down this week. It was. So, just, I mean, I, we were talking about it before the show. It was an offensive amount of books released. <laughs> But, but as like, Josh was, said, like, they, were, they, were, they were a lot of quality ones, so I felt good about it. There just was a yeah. lot of them. Well, yeah, I mean, like, and, and that's the thing, is that, is that like, I, when I went into my shop, they were, they, they were, there was much to talk about just every comic book coming out, and, and somebody in the shop chalked it up to the fact that New York Comic Con was this week, and I, and, I, and I still, even when I worked at Image, like, releasing things before the con is such a non-thing, you know what I mean? Like, it's pointless, like, because nobody at the con know, has time to go to the store. Right, but so it's, like, it's like, give the people something to that they're there to promote. Like, so yeah, I guess I don't know, but like, you, but so you're saying that never happened? No, it always happens. I'm saying right. it always no, happens. Did, did you? Did you? Were you involved at any point, Mr. Richards? Were you involved <laughs> in a promotional based scheduling around yes. a major convention? Yes, I did. I did. I called the code red. <laughs> State rests its case. No, I'm just saying that people always wanted their book out the, before the con, and I just I personally never, didn't think it matters, but. I don't know if that's why we had so many books because you also had this is the big Marvel. I think it's just coincidence. That's all. That's the point I'm trying to say is that I just think it's a, a, a comedy of errors in the comic book industry. That's a, the comic book industry in the 2000s. A comedy of errors. A novel. So this week, Ron at the pick. Not just this decade. And there'll be some spoilers, so keep your yes. ears shut. <laughs> your trap, whatever. All right, yeah. So I had the, I had the, I had the goddamn pick, and I, I gotta tell you, as I'm, as I'm looking at the list Tuesday night, because like I'm trying to like, let me just whittle it down based on covers alone, you know. Like I, I know for a fact it's not gonna be whatever, you know, some random book or whatnot. And so as I'm whittling that, yeah, you can't say that. You what know, you it's doing? gonna give every book a fair chance. No, I don't read every book though. Come on, I mean, like when. <laughs> I'm Every saying, book you're people, reading, I'm saying, and you're stacked. don't know that you're joking. There has to be. No, no, I freely admit that I whittle down. I mean, I'm talking about what I'm going to buy. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, like, I see. Yeah. Right. I see. yeah. Hey, and so, therefore, if I, don't, if I don't buy it or if I don't read it, ergo, it is not a contender. And that is, I believe I'm with that's understood. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to pick Lara Croft and the Frozen Omen number one from Dark Horse Comics. I for don't know. How do you know? Okay. You know, He's like, right. I just, I know that, right? I mean, I'm not oh. going to pick, I'm not going to pick. Uh, you know, Telos number one from DC. Clearly, Connor didn't either because we're I not talking. I looked at it. Yeah, I, I looked I, at it. I looked at that. I was I thought about it for a moment. Yeah, yeah. So you take an L out, and that's fine to do to Mike yeah. Ringo. Is that okay? 
<laughs> no. Anyway. Anyway, so as I whittled it down, I pretty much had a good feeling it was going to be one of a handful of books. And after reading the books on Wednesday, it, it, and it statistically didn't... speaking, it was probably going to be Jason Aaron. <laughs> well, that was the thing. Well, after reading the books, yes, yes, they're going on statistics, possibly. But after reading the books, it it, it didn't get much easier. Um, and I got to tell you, it really became a, a game of inches with uh, with three books uh, in particular. And uh, you know, sometimes you go, sometimes the, the statistics prove out, and Jason Aaron did win the day. <laughs> Because I got to say, Doctor Strange number one, I did not expect to be as enjoyable as it was. Well, it's the it's the great white whale of comic book creators. Exactly. What would you yeah. like to do? I want to do Doctor Strange, and everybody, every once in a while, somebody gets their shot, and it's like oh, that's pretty good. And 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 now with the Doctor Strange, you know, movie on the horizon with Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, in in the role, and uh, you know, did like, you say like better Dick. <laughs> ben, Benedict. Before that, did you say Game of Inches? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Game, better dick game of inches. Got it. <laughs> well, game of inches is a sports term. Yeah. Oh, that's the well. It's also the name of my uh, my memoir about my brief foray into the adult industry. But that that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and it's also a parody at the same time. <laughs> anyway, um, that was my stage name. Oddly enough, was better dick. <laughs> I can't believe that took me that many seconds. <laughs> I lifted my head up like, oh! <laughs> I got all C-3PO. I was like, ah! <laughs> but anyway, um, so th- so if ever there was a chance for Doctor Strange to, to, to work after how many years of not working in, an, in, a, in, a, in a series kind of format, um, they're going to give it their best shot leading into the movie. And, and everyone who listens to the show knows how fond we are of Jason Aaron's writing. So, uh, you know, I was really, really curious to see what he was going to do with it. We've got Chris uh, Bacello on art, which, you know, has he's honestly, I won't say reinvented himself, but kind of. I think so. He I don't reasserted say, himself. He reasserted himself, yeah, with his work on X-Men uh, over the past couple of years. But going into it. I had many questions. What is the tone going to be? What 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 is you know what is the approach? What is going to be the the I don't want to say the gimmick or you know why like does the, he have a giant axe? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I gotta admit, when I finished the issue, I just kind of put it down. I leaned back and I said, "God damn you, Aaron, you did it again." <laughs> well, you know what? The tone of this is right up his alley. This is very much in the Thor kind of tone. Well, yeah, that, that's what I think is interesting, because if you look at Doctor Strange, if, if, we, if we examine Doctor Strange as a character and as from a tone standpoint, you've got a, there are a couple of different directions you can go in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can go in the super trippy 60s and 70s approach that, that, you know, that, of the classic you know, Ditko, you know, what, what we know of Doctor Strange, right? Right. Then and with the '70s, with the dreamscapes and the astral plane and all that and all that sort of stuff. And while you listen to Jonathan Richmond, and um, or there's the other direction, which we kind of saw more with Brian K. Vaughn's take with the Oath, which was, you know, a little bit of magic, but leaning hard on the ex-surgeon kind of personality, kind of based in reality, with a little magic thrown in, you know, that sort of thing. You know, like I feel like that's the spectrum of of. Where is it gonna? Where is it gonna fall? Is it gonna fall totally out there and completely, you know, um, you know, crazy, you know, crazy landscapes and monsters and things like that? Or is there gonna be a relatable kind of grounded kind of feeling? And I feel like Jason, in in pl- plotting this and writing it, uh, and then also with Bacello and illustrating it, really balanced that out. 
you know, in terms of a, um, in terms of, you know, not going, not going too much in either direction. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's a big monster. I mean, but you also have a great character in the center who is relatable and interesting. So yeah. he does find that middle ground. This is a really great showcase for Pacello's art. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, well. So, so part of it was that it, it. Well, it opens up with a great little, you know, catching you up page using all that classic artwork. That was wonderful. That was yeah. And I like seeing them doing more of this. I like you know Marvel should Marvel should absolutely embrace their history. You know, it's, it's like, hey, kids, this is this is what this is what it looked like. This is Ditko. When people talk about Ditko, this is what it is. And it, I even to highlight it even a little more. But you guys said they were doing this on like on Shield and stuff like that too. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- I agree entirely. I think it's great. Yeah, so um, so I like that kind of kickoff, and then from there we get a series of double page spreads, Bacello style, as Doctor Strange is in you know some other dimension, you know, fighting and doing the his plasmic dom- domain yeah, or pla- exactly, or yeah, and th- th- you know, there's a giant teddy bear, um, which is always great, but you know, huge monsters and just like all over the place, just wide, widescreen kind of magical action. And then, you know, and then we see what he's doing as he comes back to the world and we see he's trying to exercise a demon from a child and he's there floating in the child's bedroom and and he helps these people. And we get introduced to he's kind of and it's funny because this is the first book I read of the new Marvel Universe now post Secret Wars. When are we going to talk about that aspect? Later, well, that's what we got to say. Well, show or this part I guess, or... Wait, wait, let's let's talk about the book first and come back to that because it's going to be a, a bunch. But yeah, I just want to point out after the exorcism. Yep. He appears to be exiting through the window for no reason. <laughs> cool. and next page, out the front door. Yep. <laughs> I mean, first of all, like even before swooping the page, I go, why is he going out the window? This seems like an above board operation. Yeah. He doesn't need to exit through the window. And then the next page is like, he didn't. Oh. Actually, no, no, he did. no, no he his, did. His, his cape because, or whatever is coming down yeah. from the window. It looks yeah, like. he's walking from down upstairs. Yeah. Unnecessary. Yeah. And that t- and that ties into one of the one of my favorite things, which is the kind of re- this reinvention of Doctor Strange that that they that they've done is the relationship of Strange and his cape is unlike anything we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the it's like the McFarlane webbing. Yeah, exactly. It's very yeah, very good point. McFarlane or Spawn's cape or whatever, but like meaning, but even, even just the, changed the, the properties of it. Yeah, even even yeah, even in a different in a different use of this, where you know, in this particular case, he goes out the window and then he proceeds to the cape unfolds and basically he walks down the cape to the street level and then the cape wraps up around his uh, around his neck like a scarf, so right. he can just walk amongst the people. Right. I, I don't think I realized it was happening until like even almost until you, you kind of pointed out, like saw it and I noticed it and whatever. But from a larger standpoint, like that's a really fun thing. Well, th- well, that was the that was the moment that I was like, oh, this is this is not what I expect. Right. Uh, yeah, and and even later on in the issue when he's in his house, he kind of surfs down from the second floor on it, you know. And so, like, I love the idea of of utilizing the cape as a transportation method um, in the way that he's doing, kind of giving it a life, you know, and kind of working with life of its own, but working with him and his control of it. But yeah, and and so you know, we we get introduced to this to Strange where he's kind of. Almost in a Ghostbusters esque kind of presence, where like if anything weird is happening, people come to him for help, right. and and you know, and he's you know, people don't know that he's de- that they're dealing with you know the, this layer of magic, and and there's one sequence where he's walking through the city, and similar to the Daredevil radar thing that we loved when when um, Paolo Rivera and Mark Wade launched they, did their Daredevil thing, we see the world as Doctor Strange sees it with his little third eye on his on his forehead, Creepy. and we see. Yeah, we see all these creepy, you know, kind of, um, you know, 
hidden in not hidden in the shadows but hidden on a different layer of reality of monsters and things like that that have are either possessing people or around them and there's a big kind of uh tim burton-esque nightmare snake going through the background that you never see the front or the back of and it's just well, like they're interdimensional bacteria in the same way yeah. that real bacteria sit in our face and eat dead skin these some of some of these interdimensional bacteria you know sit on your soul and eat away bad feelings or doubt or whatever. But some of them are trouble and you have Dr. Strange has to take care of them. But the I could really use some interdimensional bacteria to eat away my bad feelings. <laughs> now, yeah, you're not kidding. I think one of the things that's really impressive about the, this whole thing is that in Jason Aaron, like you have guys who are um, really good at this big imagination, miracle stuff. And then you have guys who are really good at writing grounded, realistic characters. Right. And he seems to do both with 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 a lot of skill, yes. with a lot I mean, of like, skill and ease. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, like we praise Grant Morrison for having a gigantic imagination, being able to do those things, but we also recognize that sometimes you know it's a little whole, hard to grasp onto as he goes through all of it. But this is with this is both way the hell out there and also incredibly grounded. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, and, and basically, that, basically, also- basically, he was able he was able to take these complex out there concepts and put them in a way that honestly, I think anybody can pick up this comic and like, because my worry, similar with the Thor stuff, is that you guys know, like, I don't like this kind of comic. I I, I don't like the the, the yeah, trick out. Like a good one. No, no, yeah, no. I like good comics, but what I'm saying is that like I don't like the 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 dreamscape nonsensey, you know, kind of never-ending horizon and mo- you know, like I think to a yeah. certain degree those imaginations are great, but it gets a little boring to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I need relatable. I need I need I need I need to be able to understand it. I need because to be able you to kind of do anything, yeah, always and forever, yeah. and eventually that you know it's that's fun for a little bit. But yeah, no, I agree, I agree with you entirely on that. Yeah. I yeah. think that if I had any comment on this. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think I think it's a fine pick. I don't know if it would have been my pick, but it's utterly valid. He's very close, and this is on, on a week that we're gonna and we're gonna talk about the other book uh, that he did, uh, one of the other books, Invincible Iron Man. Very close to uh, writing Doctor Strange a lot like Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. They both a they look alike, which is not really having to do with it. But you know, a little bit of a Lothario. He's got his whole thing where you know. Well, that's always of, been Doctor Strange too, though. Yeah, I understand, yes. but you know this is a really good chance to separate them and, and figure out a way to do them. You know, they look exactly like if they're both going to act exactly the same around women and have that sort of casual uh, um, uh, arrogance about them. You know, the thing—the right. thing where he, you know he's standing outside and he's not letting her know it's him, and then he's like, "Well, look at this." You know. Well, and it, yeah, so you're referring, you're referring to there's a, there's a scene at the end of it where he go, he goes back to his sanctum Santorum. Um, which is at 1778 Bleecker Street, which is the only objection I had with this, which is uh, the establishing shot is it's a lovely little townhouse just sitting in the middle of a block. Yeah. And and we know that it's actually a Pinkberry and it's actually a <laughs> uh, a Greenwich Village long block of just buildings next to each other. If, and it's not, yeah, if but nothing else, it would be a row. It would be attached. Yeah, yeah exactly. That exactly. was weird to me. That but was my only yeah. That was my only that's, weird. That's New York City real estate. Whatever. Yeah, but but this, so the scene you're referring to is so there's a woman standing outside his door with the door that has no knob and um and clearly she's debating she needs help or whatever and he's talking to her as if he's not Doctor Strange. It's the cla- it's which is a classic trope, which yeah. is the the oh yeah you know I you know I hear you know I hear he keeps odd hours you know like he's talking about himself in the third part you know and it's it's, it's Yoda. Yeah, it's Yoda. Yeah, exactly. It's the Yoda trope, which is fine. But we, Josh, you bring that up skips over probably the 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 key ish the key moment of this issue, uh, where Doctor Strange goes to have a couple of drinks at a tiki bar with the other magicians of the Marvel universe, which uh, I liked a lot. Inclu- 
including Dr. Voodoo, the Scarlet Witch, and Shaman. And that was, so not only did it, like, when I saw the cape, I was like, oh, this is different. And then they're at a tiki bar, and I was like, oh, I like this. <laughs> and and so that's kind of what put me over the edge of the book, and that's why I just thought it was magic great. And, and a magic tiki bar, fantastic. Secret magic tiki bar in the middle of New York City, awesome. Um, I can't wait to see what happens in the next issue. I can't see where they take this. My only hope is that they keep Bacello on it for a while, and it maintains a consist- consistent look yeah. and feel of the book. And... Um, you know, and I just can't wait to see what Aaron and Bacello do with this new Doctor Strange character because, like, I think it's great. I think it's fun. And if this is anywhere near or close to the tone of what the movie's going to be, awesome. You know, but who knows? Who knows with that stuff? That that was the scene that I like noticed the coloring, and I was like, wait, who's doing this? And I was like, oh, it's Bacello who does this coloring. Yeah. And so yeah. like he's going to be he's going to be super on you know responsible for everything really. Yeah, yeah. He's, no, making, he's, he's making this whole book. He's the whole package kind of guy. Yeah. Yep, but totally. Let's uh, table the Marvel, re- not reboot, but new Marvel discussion until we get to the next couple Marvel books. Yeah. And instead yeah. talk about Southern Bastards 11, another Jason Aaron book, which uh, continues oh. that wonderful way of storytelling in which we learn oh. about a new character for an entire issue. A yeah, really do we even meet this character, character before? Maybe in the background, maybe in yeah. passing. I don't remember. I, I yeah. This, um, a, if you were to tell me that this is the same guy who wrote that book we just talked about, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, if you we were talking about like his range and sort of the stuff he can do, like this is as grounded and real as but this would have been my pick of the week. This was this was exact. It was like oh. It's like a wonderful issue of Scalped again. <laughs> this, 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 was, this was on such a level, and you're right, in such a, a different direction than Doctor Strange, but also just like, I mean, it was... It, 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 in every kinda, possible it, way. It kind of reminded me of like, of like oh, what if, this, what if the Punisher grew up in the Deep South? Because that's, <laughs> that's basically what it is, you know? Yeah. And, and, like, and the whole... And the whole um, Background, like the character giving them the, the so we're talking about the this the, this this country character and the definition of what it is to be country, and I was like, oh man, they're, they're, these guys are hitting on it, you know, like it's it's you know like it's it's you know growing up on a road without that's not paved without any sort of you know like it's true backwoods country, and I was like, and it made me very scared and thankful for my urban <laughs> uh, and, and also uh, liberal northeast up, upbringing. Well, also like the, it's it's great because. It's a very gray character. Like, is you know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Well, is expl- he- I don't think we've explained who who is the character. Like, what is? Uh, I don't know. He's this. He's this like backwoodsman who I guess works for Coach Boss at times, um, mm-hmm. but he's also deeply religious. He hunts for all of his food. Uh, you know, he he lives out in the woods. He doesn't like all other people who work for Coach Boss. He's not really part of the team, and so you've got all of these conflicting things going on with him, and and. You know, depending on who you are, how you read this character comes out very differently, and I really like that. And that's that was one of the very best things about Scalp. But, but also, back. he also murders people who do th- bad things and get away with it. Well, so again, though, like that's depending on your point of view. Like he's doing the good thing, or he's doing a bad thing, or it's 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 not clear cut. It you can't really nail it down, and that's what makes it really interesting to me. Just like for a little while, I mean, Red Crow. That's the name, right? Yep. Okay, Red Crow was was. He was a bad guy, but you know the, he had honorable things about him. And this is in that spectrum, I think. He's, you know, this guy, this character's not necessarily evil yet, but maybe you consider murdering that dude without a trial evil. But that dude raped a retarded girl, so it's really thoughtful, and and I love I love it. It's great. Let's forget the story for a second and talk about how gorgeous this book, this issue in particular was. There's, I'm looking at the page in which he's taking his boat down the river. 
and it seems like this, the background is all painted um, with the trees sort of yeah. fade, fading into white. Almost looks like a, like a jock piece. Yeah. And there's a lot of pan panels like that in this issue. It's just where Jason Latour is just going insane. There's also the title shot of the deer head hanging upside down, bleeding after the hunt. It's just That one haunted me for a little while. Oh, the pages of like like the deer at night in the deer in headlights actually yeah. you know like just the way that that was colored and like I, I honestly don't think like this really is one of those books where I feel like they're both they're both working on it together so like you almost I feel like they talk about the stories they get like it feels very very collaborative to a huge extent because they're both dealing with these issues uh, and thinking about how they're portrayed both in words and, and it's just it, like in, in the, the way that a great comic book should work mm -hmm. it was great this was I actually told uh people i was like this is very this book is so scalp and i don't i hate continuing i, to, I know to, you mean i hate continuing to say this is just like scalp but the problem thing is scalped i think i've decided is, is one of the top 10 books of the last 20 years you're sure yeah and to continually compare it to it is only a compliment you could look it, at it the like the style is very similar you could look at it like this this is how i've decided to go at it you have a band who you really like and they did an album that was wonderful and then they do another album that is really good in doing the same kinds of things as opposed to trying to do a different type of style or whatever. And they're both as good as one another and one is informed by the, you know, the former is informed by the latter, vice versa. There's nothing wrong with that. Look at the um, page that's opposite, opposite the deer head in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. It's like page one, two, three, four, five. Yep. With the preacher. That preacher's yeah. got a penis finger. Bottom, <laughs> bottom left panel. Yes, he does have a dick finger. <laughs> Just caught my eye on the way. On the, Thanks on the, for that. No problem. So, Appreciate uh, it. This week we also had a new Brian K. Vaughn book, The Launch of Paper Girls, number one, drawn by Cliff Chang with colors by Matthew Wilson. And I, and I got to tell you that, 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 that I talked about that game of inches. Uh, Paper Girls, number one, was nearly the pick. It was, it was so close. It was so, so close. It was so odd because the cold open of this book... I was like, what the hell is this? And then yeah. I was like, oh, it has nothing to do with that. This is, it's like an 80s adventure movie with yep. paper girls. Yep. I mean, like, th this was, th this was, uh, this, uh, it was funny because we were talking about it in the shop and um, someone said that they thought that, you know, we all know how great Brian K. Vaughn is at the first issue, right? He's really good at, at setting the stage, getting you, pull, pulling you in, and then dropping you with a last page cliffhanger, which he did again. You know, like it's a, this was very much a Brian K. Vaughn issue. Mm -hmm. um, but so, someone in my shop was saying that they thought it was possibly his strongest first issue uh, of any anyone, and I, and I, that's tough because that ex machina issue yeah. still still resonates. But maybe so that's why the last man. I would yeah, say. exactly. Yeah, I, but, I, won't, I, I wouldn't go that far. But but this was this I thought was just like delightful. I mean, it was in terms of and Josh, you nailed it on the head. Eighties teen action it's, movie. It's it's know. the Goonies. It's that yeah. kind of movie that we got so many of from all up and down the scale. You know, like like there were TV movie versions of this. There were a lot of these like groups of kids who had a thing they had to deal with. And, and there's there's even there's even a Monster Squad poster in our yeah. main character's bedroom. You know, it's just so like that genre. I, that genre has disappeared. Yeah. Well, this yeah, takes place in the eighties, does it not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah, which is and it felt like eighty-eight, and like the, and that's part of the thing too is that like Cliff Chang. I mean, we all. I mean, I, I, long-time listeners know how big a fan of Cliff Chang we are, and I feel like this is just a continuation of that evolution we've seen from his. You know, remember the super super clean lines of Doctor Thirteen and Green Arrow and Black Canary. 
And then the the getting a little rougher and having a little more, you know, kind of edge to it with Wonder Woman. And I feel like this is just another evolution of what Chang's been doing with his art. I thought it was just amazing. I thought and, it was great because it was this was a little more cartoony than I, we've ever seen. And having Matt Wilson along, I think like like those two guys locked in. You yes, know, the same yeah. Matt Wilson has the same you know relationship with I guess McKelvey, yeah. but. You like you're seeing that here. Oh, like these. Oh, they're meant to work together, and it's gonna be those things where Chang's like, "No, I'm working with him always. We're we're bringing him along," and and I think it all, it all works out to make yeah an absolutely very nice project. And I really, it's funny because the thing that I liked about Chang at first was that it was so clean and so perfect. But then, uh, like, I don't, I don't miss that when reading this. I don't go back. Well, the the thing is, the, the thing is, what's what's I think is fascinating is that he's doing rough and cartoony, but also clean at the same time. Yeah, I mean the bones yeah. of what it was that made him good are still there. It's just yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I love this issue a lot. The only downside I can think of is that I don't have any idea what it is. Whereas yes. I knew what Ex Machina was, I knew what Why the Last Man was, I knew what Saga was. But someone asked me what it was about, and I was like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it takes place in the '80s. There's a bunch of paper girls, and then there's a bunch of weird shit in the end. I, don't I mean, know. if you ask me, it looks like an '80s sci-fi adventure. It, yes, but I don't know beyond yeah. that. I don't know the what explorers. It is. Yeah, I mean, clearly there's it? some tra- time travel because someone's got a little Apple device at the end. Right, so. which which made me groan a little. The uh, when yeah. they pulled the hood when they pulled the hood off the bad guy. I initially, Connor, I don't know if you're with me or not, but when she, she pulled the hood off him and there's that full page reveal of him, it, it like looked kind of Star Trek original series esque. Uh, I thought it looked like sloth. Uh, it does look like sloth now that you say that. Super yeah. Eight. That was the last time. That was when J.J. Abrams tried to do this. I like yeah. Super Eight. Super Eight. Was I, I saw it. I, no, I saw it. I saw it twice in the theater. I don't ever do that. Wow, like I took did. my wife, I was like, you have to go see this. Yeah. Anyway, Paper Girls was great. I loved it. I'm fully on board. So, yeah, I mean, I like this way better than We Stand on Guard. Yes, yes. This felt more like a Vaughn book than that book does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like that book for that reason, I think. I'm like, I don't know what the hell he's doing here. But you're a contrarian, so that makes sense. Oh, no, it's just... Batman no, and Robin Eternal, number one, which is the new weekly series from DC. We had Batman Eternal before, and now Batman and Robin Eternal. And uh, sort of the same situation with a team of writers uh, overseen by Scott Snyder. James Tinney and the Fourth did the, did the uh, main writing on this issue with Tony Daniel on art, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know uh, are you so you're reading this? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading it. I mean, I I enjoyed a lot of it, and I listen. I love a flashback to a Dick Grayson as Robin story as much as anybody. Yeah. Um, but I I just can't get behind this god awful '90s Robin costume they have for him that he wore originally when he was Robin. That's got all this useless design elements on it like every other DC costume has now. Yeah. Um, it just takes away from the simplicity of, of that great design. But story-wise, uh, I was really enjoying the middle of it. It's basically Dick... We, we talked about before how Dick was in Gotham. He met up with all the other Robins and Batgirl and then had to leave to go back to Spiral. And he, in this issue, he turns right around and comes back to Gotham and uh, has, a, has a Spiral case and it uses the help of Jason, Todd, and Tim Drake and... Uh, and then uh, there's a bit of Harper Row in here too. But then uh, some weird stuff happens, some mind control. Cassandra Kane shows up. And I don't know if we've seen her in the New 52 yet, but that was a fun little appearance. But then there's a bunch of mind control, and we, find, we have a flashback to Egypt many years ago, in which a couple is gunned down after coming out of a movie theater, and their, their son is the only survivor, very similar. And that, that is the cold open. And then the, the reveal at the end is that the killer was Batman. Ball? Yeah, so uh, there's some person named mother who controls everybody's minds and apparently was controlling his mind as well so i don't love that so much but i did like i did like the characterizations of the much like that grayson issue i did like the interactions of the robins so i'll continue to read this no matter how 
just in- terribly awful that Robin costume is. Tell you something, a lot of Dick Grayson around lately. Like, I feel like he's everywhere. Well, like I was, this, this is the conversation I had with some DC people at Comic-Con that said he's going to be back in a big way. I mean, you're, you're seeing it. They're positioning him back as a major player in the DCU. Which good, has got to make got to drive Dio nuts. Unless yeah, it was his idea, he's in charge. Well, he was yeah. on the chopping block, though. I mean, that's right. like that. The that's why it seems odd to me. I'm like, boy, they're really putting a lot behind him. Here's but. what I don't get. I don't think I've ever mentioned it before. So, in in Dick Grayson's spiral identity, he wears this uniform that's whatever, but he's mm-hmm. got a big G on it. Why? I don't know why. <laughs> I just rec- I just yep. noticed that recently, and now, I, now I can't unsee it. Shoes across the board. So funny. just put you in charge. Yeah, put me in charge, and I will drive that company out of business within six months. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be some good comics <laughs> during that time. So, Ron, uh, yep. I'm a big fan of the Archie series, the new rebooted. Mark I know Ray, you are Fiona Staples Archie series. Jughead number one came out this week. Did not like it at all. You why? So why did you not like it? What's the team here? What's the what's so the... it is? It is Chip Zdarsky writing it of Sex Criminals fame and mm-hmm. uh, art by Erica Henderson. I believe that uh, that Ron is more of a Chip Zdarsky type of fan than Connor is. Well, I I didn't like the writing or the art, so that's possible. Um, yeah, well, I, I okay, so I'm with, really I'm with you on the well. art. I thought the art was unfortunately <laughs> at first I thought it was lovely and charming, and then I quickly realized that it was inconsistent and I don't want to say not good, but it was just inconsistent. Let's just say that. Yeah. Like I thought there there were pages and specific panels where I'm like, oh, I see it, I see it, mm-hmm. and then there were pages where like, yeah, that's rushed, that's rushed, that's rushed, and that kind of frustrated me. That said, I enjoyed it. I, I like. I think if anybody, if any modern creator is made to write Jughead, it's Chip. You know, with his sense of humor and his sensibility and all that sort of stuff. I feel like I feel like he's kind of a modern day uh, Jughead in that regard. My biggest problem is that it, this is in the same universe as the Wade Staples. Right. This uh, is my right? cons- this is my problem with the writing. Was it? It didn't. Exactly. It didn't in any way feel as if it was in the same world as this other book. The characters yep. didn't it act was- the same. The relationships were different. There was no continuity. I'm sorry, but like in the opening, in 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 one of the opening scenes, Archie and Jughead go to talk to Betty, and Betty's talking to Archie like there's no problem. Right. You know. Yeah. 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 That that was my biggest issue. That was my biggest complaint. The thing is, I don't care about that, but the, initially, but then they reference story elements from the other book, and they have a yes. footnote. So it's like, okay, well, if you're telling me this is in the same world, why are all the characters acting completely differently than the other in the other book? So. Yep. Yep. That that really hurt my enjoyment of it as well. I just, and I just didn't really... It was all right. The, uh, the characterization of Jughead was fine, but I just didn't like the writing overall. I didn't like how it didn't fit in the world. I didn't like how it didn't make any sense that Betty and Archie were buddies again and that, Ar- that yep. Veronica was so well embedded in, in the fabric already, even though she just showed up in the last issue. Yeah. And the, I didn't like the art at all, so I had, I had a problem with Jughead, number one. Yeah. Oh, a whole okay. bunch of number ones. We have one, two, three, four, five in a row. So many number ones. Anyway, um, so moving on from that, uh, we as part of the Marvel launch, and I don't know if now do we want to talk about it or whatever, but um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one came out, which is you know a huge oversized issue at five ninety nine, um, and by oversized they had the main story by Dan Slott and Giuseppe Camicoli, as well as a bunch of backup uh, previews of the other Spider books as a way to get you to go buy them. But I, I don't know. I mean, Connor, I know you and I are at, at odds because you have not enjoyed Slot's run. I've enjoyed it, bits and pieces of it here and there, but for the most part, I don't really uh, like it. I've, I, and I think well, it's been, been going on since I was in college. He's been writing time, it right? for like ten years. It feels like yeah, exactly. And yeah, I just really wish we had some new blood. I read this issue. I you know when I said before was 
you know, I haven't been reading hardly any Marvel books during the Battle World, but I was going to jump in the deep end for the new new launches and try a bunch of books out. That and I said, this is one of them I tried out, even though I knew wasn't going to be in, thrilled with the creative team. And uh, I stopped reading about halfway through. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is for me. I just I don't like this this Spider Man. I don't like Peter Parker as Steve Jobs. I don't like I don't like any of that stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. So yeah, but so basically, this is. Do you remember the old Batman Inc. idea that that Grant yeah, Morrison had? Right. This is. It's basically Spider-Man that with Spider Man. Yeah. And it just drops us into the world, you know, where where Parker Industries is established and all over the world, and they have a, a wearable device, you know, and and Spider Man is very publicly affiliated with Parker Industries, and he he's sporting the the little web device, and um, you know, we're we're thrown into the action in Shanghai as Spider Man and Mockingbird are on a mission for Shield, and there's a new fancy Tron like Spider Mobile, and it, it's just very like throws you right in, doesn't explain what's going on, and, and through the issue we find out when um, somebody attacks a wedding uh, that Peter Parker is attending, and we see uh, we get introduced to another Spider-Man. It's uh, this guy who I have no idea who he is. Yeah. Well, had you been reading Amazing Spider-Man previous to yes. the Battle Yes, yeah, and I, and I didn't know who this guy was. Unless I missed it somewhere, I don't know who the guy who's, who's the other Spider-Man is. Was this a continuation of that story? No. The characters are. I mean, when I read yeah. it before, the, all these guys who were the guys who are getting married, all these people. This was. These were all characters from the previous slot stuff. Yeah, they were. They were. They were. But I don't know how we got to where we are now. All so right, like, well, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like there was a chunk missing, maybe because of Secret Wars that uh, that I didn't read. That's what it felt like. And well, I don't let's think talk about ever... the next book, and then yeah. we can talk about what's going on with these Marvel books. All right, so Invincible Iron Man by Brian Michael Bendis and Dave Marquez, right? Well, that's what's fun about this. So I, I, I thought, oh, I'll check out Iron Man. I didn't even know who the creative team was. I just opened, oh, really? I just yeah. opened it up, and I was like, I oh. I that I said that Jason Aaron wrote this, and I, I yeah. don't know why I thought that, but that was wrong. Sorry. And I thought, oh, that's that's fun. So the, the team behind uh, the recent Ultimate Spider-Man book, uh, and Dave Marquez, by the end of that run, really became one of my favorite artists in comics. Yeah. Love that guy. I thought this was tons of fun. Yeah. I, yes. I, I mean, clearly they're doing the movie. And they're, yeah. they're doing the movie version of Tony Stark. Uh, I, but I like the movie version of Tony Stark, so okay. Um, right. I also like that the costume is a bit simplified. So this, he, he unveils his new armor here. That must be intentional. Yeah, because it's, you know, for a while we, we, we were going super mecha detailed on his costume. It was costume, just more and suit. more and more. And, yep. and I feel like, like they were like, well, what if we don't do that? Like, and yeah, they, did, okay. you know, they didn't go back to the '80s, you know, super unrealistic version of the, uh, you know, with the with the yellow Shell painted head. arms. But uh, this suit is much closer to that than than previous mecha suits. So I liked that a lot too. I just thought this was really fun. I bet you know Bendis is doing his Bendis thing, and I think it really works for Tony Stark. He's been writing I, him in the Ultimate World, and to paraphrase uh, Aaron Sorkin, you know, let Bendis be Bendis. Right. Like this is <laughs> this is no, but like this is what you this is what I want him doing. Yeah, you yeah. Take one of these characters that he can make fun, and don't can put him in space right. with other people who he doesn't belong with, and don't make him do a big, you know, just don't make nineteen Avengers who all talk exactly the same, hang out with each other. Just let him draw, let him write that one character, and just yeah. let him go nuts. Yeah. And, and with a guy that you know, that's what worked best for him. That's why Ultimate Spider-Man was really good, you know. And and let him work with David Marquez, a guy who can totally interpret those scripts in the best way. You know they have a. It, this is great. It's it's fun. At the end of the day, it's not ultimately very me, remem- memorable for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm not. I didn't like think back. Like I, I enjoyed it a lot. But at the end, if you ask me what it was, I'm like I don't know. It was Iron Man. It was. I don't. Right. Didn't make a big mark on me, I suppose. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. And the cliffhanger is that he goes to Latveria because there's been a bunch of heists by uh, Madame Mask. Right. That's who it was. 
Yeah, and, yeah, uh, great, great Madam Mask, by the way. Did you, did you see, like, like, his, like Mark has his J.G. Jones page? Where she's falling like, backwards? Yeah, I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a wonderful page. Um, so one of the heists is in Latveria. He goes to Latveria, and the big cliffhanger is Doom shows up, but Doom's wearing a green and gray suit instead of uh, his armor, and it's a big shocker. And so here's where I'm very confused about what's going on with Marvel. Yeah, and his, his face is totally fine. He's not... Got a he's, scar. He's got one yeah, scar. Got one scar, but nothing else. Yeah, and then that's where we don't know. I mean, clearly, clearly, this spoils the end of Secret Wars. Sorry, you know, like clearly. I mean, as we know, Secret we know Wars. W- w- no, yeah, we do. Yeah, because are you reading Secret Wars? Well, okay, I, I, we're going to talk about another book in a little bit where we we maybe jump the gun on a thing. So I'm not willing to jump the gun, but also I don't care. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, I want sure. Secret Wars to be over. So if this is what's going to happen, and we're just great. Yeah, I, you yeah. know what? I didn't even. I honestly, I didn't even think of this because I'm separating all of the books because I don't know how they all tied into each other anyway. Yeah. Like, oh. My 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 just my bigger question is I don't know what it means with these new books. So like this book felt new and fresh. Doctor yes. Strange felt new and fresh. Spider Man felt like the same old thing from the last ten years. Yep. I don't know what the post secret world secret wars thing is supposed to be. I don't know how they're all t- how they're, how they're tied together in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I figure we will know that. Yeah, we will find yeah, out. Yeah, but we'll after three months of reading these books, though. So. I mean, the, and the, th- the thing is, is that Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, totally fine with because there was no mention, no reference. There was nothing else. This is the only one that, that particularly linked back to Secret Wars in that the villain of Secret Wars is Doom. Right. And there's, so no way, there's, no way, there's no way around it. There's no way around I'm, that. I'm so used to different stories going on about the same characters in different situations. Like, it literally doesn't even, didn't even phase me. Yeah. The, yeah, that part felt, didn't... You know, I, I just felt like I was back in the old status quo, and I was, I was like, great. I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that felt good. I was happy Doom so that. much didn't, didn't bother me. It's just, I don't, I don't know. What, I thought this was supposed to be a whole new thing, right? I thought that, like, yeah. Old Man Logan and Miles Morales, and so far, yeah. I haven't seen anything to indicate this is a new thing. Yeah. Um, which it may not be, and that's fine. I just don't know what I'm reading. But for Here's now, I'm enjoying the individual stories. Not right. Battle World, and I'm cool with that. For the most part. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, but, but, but as a Marvel fan, I, I do want to know what happens, and I, I just feel as if clearly Doom is going to come out of Secret Wars not with a, just the scar and back in Latveria. And so, yeah, yeah. so I, don't, I don't know. It sucks. It sucks. But, you know, what are you going to do? So. It, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What does suck? You say that sucks. Uh, what does suck is that uh, this week was the last issue of Minimum Wage, So Many Bad Decisions, uh, issue number six. Well, he can, he can only make a comic for one reader for so long. I know. I, that sucks. And, in the, uh, and it ends. It ends uh, well but abruptly. And at the, in, the, in the letter column at the end, he basically said, I know that before I said we were going to do a third series. Yeah, we're not. We're not going to end up being able to do that. And I was so bummed out by that. That sucks. Uh, and I recognize the reason being that there's like six of us. Who are super into it, and I've you know I've tried to bang that drum as much as I could, but I also can totally recognize this is not for everyone. Right. There's a lot of fucking. <laughs> There's a lot of. I mean, it's crude. I don't. I, sometimes I don't even know why I like it, other than it's just so antithetical to so much other stuff that I'm reading in comics now. Comics has gotten so high concepty that the sort of just basic nature of this it feels familiar and fresh all at the same time, but. I, I really like it. I like that it gets at the id of a of a guy who is, you know, is just trying to get by and and makes bad decisions because that's what people do, and they think with the little head or the whatever. And and uh, I really enjoyed this run. If if that's all that we end up getting out of it, like his whole thing was like there was going to be a TV show and they were in talks or whatever. 
and I think when he was on Marin's show, like he was sort of in the middle of that. And yeah. so, and I get that that would be if you have to make a career, that's probably not a bad idea to focus on. But I don't think those things are happening. I I really enjoyed it for what it was. So you know the the trades are still around. Go buy those trades if you've been listening to me and you like the kind of stuff uh, that I do or you've liked the description of that. Go buy those trades. That's that's the only that's going to help. I mean, like I, the thing is that this book has always been a book out of time, and that this is a this is a kind of yeah. comic we talked about this before. Is this kind of comic that is similar to the kind of comics that we loved in the in the mid to late nineties, and mm-hmm. it just it just sucks that it it can't it's survive like the in this market moved right on now. From this kind of yeah. Book. Exactly. The, the indie, yeah. the indie fan moved on from this kind of thing. Yeah, which is sad. Either grew up or and stopped reading comics, or, or those people stopped reading comics. I feel like yeah. they're not around. Yep. yep. Or they read them in book. they read them in books, which is yeah, yeah. You know. So well, he says he's like, if you want this to survive, even if you bought the issues, go get the trades. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, so. fair enough. So, so do that. I guess yeah. you know I can hope for more, but it, it was a good run. It was fun. To, it was fun to read for a long time, and I was really glad to get that other side of what you can do with comics than so much of what we get to read yeah and actually people should buy the trades and connor where could they do that well if you want to make a good decision how about supporting ifanboy by going to ifanboy.com slash support where you can go to the find our amazon link that's where you can make your amazon purchases including all of the minimum wage trades you can buy the maximum minimum wage collection of the previous series you can find all that stuff at, at amazon through ifanboy.com slash support we get a little piece of that sale that can come out of your pocket comes out of the amazon's giant pockets everyone's happy everyone Everyone, people Everyone. make comics and get, get a little money. We get a little money. Amazon gets a whole lot of money. So that's... Everybody. You get your product in three days. So then you can also go to ifanboy.com slash support and become an ifanboy member for three bucks a month or 30 bucks a year. That's how you can help us out directly. And we, we love everyone who does that as well as going to ifanboy.com slash support and donating directly through our PayPal button if you're a crazy billionaire or, or let's face it, let's say you have a mere $500 million. You're not quite a billionaire. But you're still doing all right, and you want to you want to throw us some money for tax purposes. There, there one, you go. One percent would be with five hundred thousand. I mean, that's no less. We don't want to we, we don't want to discriminate against non billionaires. Well, I'm just saying yeah, if you right. have a couple hundred million dollars, you can also support the support a fanboy through the PayPal button. Uh, yeah. And uh, we thank everyone who helps out. That's how the show keeps going. That's how we get new equipment. That's how Josh has a new microphone. All of that is done through fanboy.com/support. So whacking into it because it's bigger than the other one. Now we are going to run long on this show. That's just the reality. That's just We're, yeah. Let's well, just yeah. We got to we got to go pretty up. fast on these. So Secret Wars number six um, came out, and I just had to laugh the at the a couple of things. I don't want to talk specifically about the story or whatever, but there's a couple of individual things. Are either of you guys reading this or am I alone? Yeah, yeah, not reading. I'm reading. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I love the irony of the fact that this is running woefully late, and de- December will be the last issue, blah, blah. And the first page of this is a blank white page that says three weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> that just kind of sticks the knife I, in. Like, you, know no. what I, you know what I said? Three uh, weeks later from what? For, yeah, exactly. Because I couldn't remember the last thing that happened because it's been so long. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't the last issue didn't have anything to do with, like, it was the weird one, wasn't it? Didn't have nothing to do with what had been going on. I don't know, man. No, I feel like the story is picked. The story is picked up after the after Strange died, and then the the the, the you know all that stuff. Was the I, last this, this has Strange dying? Uh, yeah. Oh. No, that was two ago, I think. So we but don't anyway. know. That's the point. That's your point. Anyway, my other, all down with the book itself. My other point is that uh, later on the back half of the book, when Namor and Black Panther are together, and they 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 go to Doctor Strange's island, the the hidden island of Agamotto. Yes. There is a panel that made me laugh out loud, which is Isad Ribic is drawing Black Panther, you know, with the with the Black Panther costume with the white eyes, 
and they find something, and Black Panther is surprised, and Issa <laughs> drew in, drew in pupils into the white eyes only for that panel. It's good stuff. It's like and when Spider Man used to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk? I don't want to talk about it long. Does, does the new Spider Man book? Does he have those glass eyes from the seventies TV show? No. No. Okay. What the hell's he got him in here for? I don't know. Um, so okay. my 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 crazy nitpick for this issue is, and I want to caveat this by saying everyone is completely different genetically. So no, no, you can't make sweeping judgments. However, men's facial hair tends to grow gray way before their hair on their head. <laughs> and Reed Richards with the white hair on his head should also have a white beard. All right. Well, there you go. I realize some people, some people are not like that. But he just he just for men's that part. Because 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 of the branding of the hair on the side of the head. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, it didn't stand out from to me, but I couldn't figure out why. And you just nailed it. Yep. I was like, why does that look weird? Some it's people talking about the sto- beard. Some people talking about the story of Secret Wars were nitpicking over pupils and facial hair color. It's fine. So, That's fine. Ten years of show has been doing to us, Ron. You're gonna we're gonna talk about Star Wars ten real quick, and all that I can tell you is at this point, I don't know what to tell you about it. I don't know how to form a judgment on it. It's Stuart Eminem drawing things, and I really like to look at it. And and it's almost eclipsed the fact that I don't know what to think of it because it's a Star Wars book. And and I'll. Just let him keep drawing it. That's well, yeah, I, mean. I agree with you. Just let let him in and draw. I feel like that should be a hashtag. Let him in and draw. No, no. I, I, my observation is that I, I can't think of any more representation of the challenge and problem with being a Star Wars fan today than the last page of this comic book. Uh oh. What well, do I even want to know? Wait, well, I'm, I, I, just, I don't make me angry. Looking. Am I going to rage into the, the dying the, of the, the light? The, the, no, the spectrum that is present on one page. What are we talking about? Just let's go. Come on. I'm okay. going. Bad radio. So on the last page, you we see a Gungan. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yep, yep. Okay. And Wait. then and then the Gungan is talking, and then the reveal of who the Gungan is talking to is Dengar. And mm. on one hand, you're like, God damn it. And the other hand, it's Dengar. It's great. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? I mean, like, I was like, come on. Don't give me Dengar with a Gungan. Not oh. only is it a Gungan, but it's a Gungan with a fuckload of dialogue. Yes. <laughs> like he goes on. I could have kept going. Yeah. You know what? But they made the decision. We've seen this all. They made the decision. They're doing all. They're including everything so far. So you know, live with it. You have yeah. the power to not. That's the thing. I so feel like this is really chance that Jason Aaron is doing this. Going. Oh, they're gonna hate this, and I love that. Well, I would. Yes. <laughs> but the I thing is also is that like Eminem draws Dengar really well. Fucking Eminem drew the Gungan really well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and Chewie. I mean, and I really like the the different. Like, so you got you've got Han and Leia and Sana doing their thing, and you've got Chewie and three PO going to save Luke, and Luke doing his thing. Like, I like the the multiple. It's it's very Star Wars, and that there are different fronts that are happening. Luke has spent a lot of time in that ceremony jacket too. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. happy about that. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, that so. used to be the standard thing in any any novel or thing that came out after Star Wars before Empire. He was always in the yellow jacket. Good. Yeah. And then the yellow okay. jacket was never seen again in the movies, and all of you were like, well, fuck. Now, Ron, uh, yes. did you read Lando number five? I did read Lando number five. Do you have anything to say? I, I, we saw it coming. We talked about it in the last time. It I know, but now time. it's official. It's confirmed. It is confirmed that, that this explained how Lobot got the way he did. I still say, regardless of the implants trying to take over his mind or whatever, I still say that Lando wouldn't call him low. That's all I'm, I, I stand by that. I knew you were coming back to that. Yeah. Stand in by. fact, in fact, uh, I feel like uh, Lando himself got a little. What's the word I'm looking for? American urban. Yes. 
in this or not even but like 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 he was in an r&b band in the 70s in a movie like not not even more so than he should have been more so than would have made sense in star wars because he didn't really talk like that so much in star wars it was it was in his inflections and his actions but he wasn't like hey girl like he, he didn't do that yeah yep so that was interesting I mean, um, this, this happened. I mean, that, that's how I sum happen. it up. Do we yeah. really need the origin of Lobot's no. robot implants? Well, no. we have it. Yeah. So regardless. Problem. And then my, my only note on Darth Vader 6 is, or uh, not 6, 10. Is it 6? It's 10. should be 10. Uh, I'm that was your error. That was your mistake. No, yeah. totally. No, totally mine. Uh, I'm out. You're out. I'm, I've had enough. Yeah. yeah. Come on yeah, to the I've, side. I've had enough. Now, I'm saying that right now. I'm not going to tell you. The next time I see it, I'm going to be like, well... <laughs> we've all been there but i yeah. don't i don't want i don't want it anymore i kind of want to know how it and maybe i'll maybe i'll check when it's done but i'm, I'm gonna try to get out yeah out. <laughs> you've gone from i'm out to i'm gonna make a, a concerted effort to get out i was just looking at the pages and I was like i kind of want to know how that's gonna go but i don't like that i want that yeah. what is it that got you out it's just it's the same it's the continuing like i get it the droids like to kill people like it's it's the, yeah, it's the it same is, gags it, over and over again with, it is with, stuck, with, it's stuck in a rut. It's stuck in a rut. And with that Vader, what's great about Vader, and it happens in the movies, is that when somebody says something to him that is awkward or conflicting or makes him feel an emotion, uh, he can't like do anything because he doesn't have a face, but he still does this like, hmm. And he sort of looks down or away and then like walks off. He does that a bunch of times in the movies. Uh, and that feels like this whole book is that. Yep. Like him going, yeah. Hmm. Mm. So, in finally finishing, hey, should we call this segment? We should name this segment. Star Wars Corner. No, I was thinking we call it Star Wars Minute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Star Wars Wars Corner. So, to wrap up Star Wars Corner, Josh, I don't think you're on the show when Connor and I realized that our new, the the new contender, the new winner of the worst titled book in the comics is. Were you you on the show that week? No, I I wasn't, but I listened to it and I'm reading it, so I'm with you. Journey to Star Wars The Force Awakens Shattered Empire number two. Did I miss an issue between one and two? Nope. Didn't I know one, what about. Didn't one end pretty much on, okay, let's go do this thing, and then two picks up seemingly months later? It's three weeks later, I think. Or three weeks later. Months, three weeks, whatever. Set in 17 is it, days. Is it the same, is it the same three weeks. weeks from Secret Wars? Two weeks. Two weeks. Whatever. Might as um, weeks. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm still reading it, though. I, I mean, Ready for a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still giving it a shot. Josh, you're reading it. I am. And working on it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you guys are really stretching hard on these Star Wars books. I, well, look at, look at the people involved. Yeah, so I what? know exactly. Rucka, so I, 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 I can't walk, a, I can't walk away from a, I can't walk away from a Rucka book. Like it, it, it's, it's, you know, like I, I believe in Rucka. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reference this the that. next time he writes a character you don't like and you don't read it. I haven't right, done that fair. in a while. The last time I got that wrong was Punisher, and I came back on, and I was like, I shouldn't have done that. So I have that going for me. I, yeah. I will say we had a little we had a little the photo uh, layout trouble with this one. We had, yeah, I did notice that as well, too. There was a lot of uh, photo reference issuing going yeah. on in this issue, a lot. Like, this, this actually felt like different Chiquetto than last issue. Like it did. This felt, this felt oh, like I don't know if it was the inking or whatever, but it was, it it was yeah, and and like Chiquetto's playing with the the side eye way too much. Yep. Have you noticed that? That like every character's looking left or right, and it's freaky. It's weird. I don't yeah. know. But Mon, was Mon Mothma Mon her name Mon. or her title? 
It'd be like if someone's like El Capitan, we call them L. It's weird, right? right? Yeah. Is Ma Mothma her, na- Ma Mothma her name? Ma Mothma her name. Mon? I thought we said it was her name. Yeah, no, it's her name. I, I think I mistakenly thought it was a title, but it's her name. Her name is Mon. Uh, the Mothma? Yeah. Yeah, her name is Mon. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. She's from Chandra La. That sounds a lot like Shangri La, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So, anyway. Okay. Several Bothan spies died to bring you this podcast. Yeah. So, I saw a book and I thought, I kind of want to look at that, even though I, I know there's no reason to. Uh, and it was, con- it was Kentucky Fried Chicken Presents, The Colonel of Two Worlds, number one, starring <laughs> Flash and Colonel Sanders. <laughs> From uh, Shane Edwards and Tony Bedard. So basically, I'm just going to give you where we're at here. There are two. There's an evil Colonel Sanders named Colonel Sunder. Oh my God! And, and he hires some of the rogues to work in his uh, easy fried chicken restaurant. Uh, and then, and then, uh, basically, the super uh, Colonel Sanders smashes his television in anger that that this that, quote that Jack leg is carpet bagging my whole public image. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, and, and the idea is that there's a there's a document that they do the chicken the hard way, and they, we have a shot of that document, uh, and he's not going to let the easy fried chicken people take his whole thing because he's doing things the hard way. So he gets the Flash and Green Lantern, as you know, sure, uh, and they take down Colonel Sunder, <laughs> and Colonel Sanders is actually shot with a gun that that shoots a uh, uh, pink slime. The fast food uh, oh, stuff, ugh. goop. Yeah, so, so, so they put into meat. Yeah, so they're basically Colonel Sanders saying we don't do that pink slime stuff because you put it in the hamburger, so it wouldn't make sense. Anyway, uh, and then Colonel Sanders hires some of the rogues to work for him. Colonel Sanders does. Yeah, yeah, as if to say, you know, this is this is a better way for them to go. And and then at the very end of this all, there is the worst Flash costume. Is this what the Flash looks like now? Do we know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got maroon shoulders and, like, thighs, basically. Uh, Sadly, yeah. Sadly. It's horrible. Meanwhile, Green Lantern looks just like Green Lantern. Well, he's got all the lines on him, probably. Anyway, I spent longer on that than I wanted to, but I really needed you two to understand. Was it only a one-shot? Because I feel sad that we'll never get the, get the, the I don't know. It adventures says, of the listen, Colonel. Listen. I'm not going to say if it's the last issue. <laughs> I know number one on the front, which would indicate more. They always one put shot. number one on the one for one And then shots. at the end, there's a little red circle, and in it says, the end. Yeah. Oh, jeez. The Colonel of Two Worlds. That's great. <laughs> Colonel of Two um, Worlds. So real quickly, get, uh, uh, getting uh, uh, in the, uh, a mass of number one issues that came out this week, also uh, from Image, was Extend number one, written and drawn by Shane Davis, uh, along with uh, some other folks. Uh, and do you remember Shane Davis from Superman Earth One? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, admittedly, this was a book that I worked on while I was at Image. That I, you know, like I, I talked to Shane about doing it and all this sort of stuff. And and it's great to, to see it come out. And honestly, it like the premise being a kind of somewhat, I don't want to say rote or you know or a you know uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for familiar. Yeah, tr- trope familiar you know but like kid plays video game video game comes to life in the real world like that we've seen that before yeah so it was written and drawn by shane davis and inked by michelle delecky colors by maury hollowell given that it was maury's colors never come off 
<laughs> Given that it was that familiar that familiar kind of story thing, I actually enjoyed this much more than I thought it would. Like it was it was I actually enjoyed it a lot. Maybe because I've got a you know a little bit of a I'm dipping my toe back into video games. Maybe just because my head is there. But um, I thought the art was better than I remember it on Superman Earth One. I thought like you could tell you could really tell this is something that he believed in. That that's what I t- took away from it. So I would tell people to check it out. So this is the return of the long heralded, much requested work corner segment, Josh. Yeah, people people have been like asking for War Corner. Yeah, I know. I, I totally did not get to this second issue, which I feel bad about because Tet I... Number two from IDW. Hey, an IDW book on the show. Um, there you go. Written by Paul Aller, drawn by Paul Tucker. And Josh, you read the first issue? Yeah, I did. I did. I read, I read it a long time ago. I, I like Paul a lot. He's one of those people that, like, he was a fan of the site, and he's like, I'm going to be a comic book writer, and he actually followed through on it. You're like, which sure is you will. Rare. And they know you will. No, he beat, yeah, you know, I mean, I, uh, I know one guy who didn't. So, uh, so I mean, he's a very good writer, and I really like issue one a lot, but I did not get to two. So, so the fact that we're talking about it's a good sign. Well, two was good. Uh, issue issue one was about a soldier in Vietnam who was investigating uh, a murder of another soldier. He's working with a uh, Vietnamese investigator, and that, that's all happening on the eve of the Tet Offensive, but obviously unknown to them. We know this, but they don't know this. And then, so the cliffhanger at the end of the first issue was that the Tet Offensive was beginning, and that is when the Viet Cong turned the tide of the battle. So here we have this soldier running around trying to survive the offensive. Basically, the, the entire issue is him running around trying to survive uh, the attack while we flash forward, which we did in the first issue as well, to see him much older in the 80s, and we see the results, his, his physical elements from the attack. We see how he gets the, the injuries uh, in the flash, in the, in the main, you know, the, the war time. I guess that's the main time period. Um, we also, there's a big reveal, I'm not going to spoil for Josh, but there's a big reveal about something in the present day. Yeah, I actually just flipped through it and I think I saw that. I, I mean, like, the idea is like, this: the first, you look at it and you say, this is a war comic, and then you go a little, oh no, it's a crime comic, and then you say, oh no, it's a love story, like it's a bunch of things all at once. Right. Um, this issue was pretty much a war comic. There was no, that yeah. crime, the crime's out the window as they're being attacked, overrun by the Viet Cong, but I, I go back and forth on Paul Tucker's art. I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it works. I mean... I don't know if he's new or not, but it, it, it works for the story. I, I, it's still a little I like the, unpolished. Uh, but I like the borderless panels very much. Yes. The art's a little unpolished, but it works for the story. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So uh, if, you're in, if you're a war... I think this is a four-issue story, four-issue series. Yes, it's four. So if you're a war comics fan, Tet from IDW uh, is worth checking it's, out. Uh, it's one of the, the... Vietnam was one of those, those things that co- comics covered a lot in the 80s because Big guys there were a lot of dudes trying to work it out. And then in the seventies, or as because as a lot of people who weren't in the war were actually some Engelhart was, wasn't he? I don't know. It feels like we got a lot of Vietnam comics for a while, and then after we got out of that, there was a lot of World War II comics for a while, and so we don't get the Vietnam stories all that often because it's yes. such a weird thing to tell the story of. So there you go, Tet number two from IDW. It's a good read. So we just blew through sixteen books, which I think is a lot, is much more than we usually do. Without so. the bell. Yeah, we, we are the bell. Yeah, we should have brought the bell back. Oh well. We if I was James Brown right now, I'd be lying down waiting for somebody to throw the cape on me. Well, exactly. next next week's supposed to be uh, as big of a week. So if we have another giant week, maybe we'll bring the bell back. Come on, that'd be fun. Come so, on, but, comics. But if you had any thoughts about this week's books or next week's books or anything, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys three two six two six nine seven. And I cannot implore you more to keep it brief. Keep your voicemails down to thirty seconds or your emails down to just a few lines. We can't play a two minute voicemail, nor can we read a thousand word email on the show. We enjoy your 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 personal diarying about comics, your journaling, um, and we like you sharing it with us. Just keep it to a couple of lines if you want to get on the show. That is, so. you should see our that on iFanboy though. 
yeah. So put that in the comments there, so other people because you know yeah. we got stuff. We got stuff. St- there's stuff going on. What's, stuff. Like what's going on, Josh? Well, you may have uh, heard that we have another podcast going on, and we just want to make sure that you know about that. We do uh, we do a podcast a little bit. Uh, we do the Goodfellas bit. Minute. We do a little bit. <laughs> do a podcast a little bit. You do. Which is where we're going through the, the Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas. Uh, every day we cover one minute of the movie. We are Monday through. Friday. Yeah, yeah. We are through uh, every weekday. We are, I have my kids on the weekends solely, <laughs> so those don't feel like normal. <laughs> I, I want to make jokes and I'm not going to because they're mean. Anyway, go on. No, okay. Don't be mean. <laughs> I, know. Just, I want. You know what? I'm gonna jokes go about you, not your children. Jokes about you. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that people understand that. Although you're you're still a dick because it's being mean to me, but that's fine. This week uh, we're up. We're through ten. We had on uh, Pete and Alex of the uh, Star Wars Minute podcast. We're our, through fifteen. Uh, we're through fifteen. Oh, you're right because yeah. we did the first two without. Yeah. As you can see. Or through 15. This show has become an interesting chronicle of Josh's deteriorating mental state. Yes, exactly. But, this uh, one, th- yeah. The this other past- one, I keep it clean. I try not to refer to it. This is the one for people who know me. Yeah. <laughs> I this, think. Uh, but this, this week, we welcomed uh, Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson of Star Wars Minute fame onto the show to continue our genuflecting and getting their blessing to do the show, even. So, uh, yeah. And they brought the heat. They did. They brought the heat. They prepared. Yeah. So. Facts. They were. Oh, you worked at this. I guess. I guess that makes sense since you had to work at your own show and you know how to do it. So it was good. Yeah. So we will. We will have guests from time to time. We'll not have guests every time, um, but we'll, there will definitely be some people coming up, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a super fun show. We were worried for a little bit. Like, are we going to have everything to say? It's not going to be a problem. Yes. We will have enough to stay about all the minutes. I think you don't need to worry. So if you enjoy listening to us talk about Goodfellas for fifteen-ish minutes every weekday, then check us out GoodfellasMinute.com. Okay, here's the thing. We got some people out there who said, I've never seen the movie. I watched it because I think if you've never seen the movie, you should watch the whole thing. Yes. And then start listening to the show. Don't watch each minute as we're going through it. That's not going to make any sense to you. That's what I think. You lose the flow of of the the piece. It's a very fast-moving movie. There's 15 minutes that we've done. I mean, it felt like it felt like a dream. You should watch the movie, is what I'm saying. And if you've never watched it before and you want to listen to the show, you know, watch. The, you got two hours, then you're in. Yeah, there you go. Goodfellasminute.com. We're all we're all goodfellas. Goodfellasminute.com. So um, you can you can also head over to ifanboy.com, our original home on the internet, where you can comment on this show, uh, talk about this week's books or anything else that comes up in the conversation. We appreciate everybody who does that. Um, and if you're into the social media thing, you can go to facebook.com/ifanboy or follow ifanboy on Twitter at ifanboy, and you can follow us individually at ja flanagan. Although I don't know why you'd want to, just recycled jokes at cs kilpatrick <laughs> and at ronxo. You're uh, trolling me. Did you say yeah. Facebook? Facebook. Facebook, Facebook was was one of the movies. Facebook. That I that's one of that's one of Josh's movies. It's <laughs> one of the movies that I chronicled in my in my memoir that we talked about earlier. Also, uh, Batman and Robin Internal, which was a different, <laughs> which was a, a movie that I helped produce. And hey, if you like this show, please write a review on iTunes. That's how people find uh, podcasts is by finding shows with good reviews or lots of reviews. Also, hey, we got a new show, Goodfellas Minute. Please review that one. We appreciate everyone who has. Lots of people have done so, but that one can use the reviews. Quite frankly, slightly more than this one does. Um, We'll take even the bad ones. We got a bad review in the text, but he gave us three stars anyway. So, hey, we'll take it. Well, thank you very much. His complaint that we were laughing too much. And I'm sorry, but you might not want to keep listening. But, hey, my point is we'll take the three-star review. Sure. So thanks, everyone. We're also going to keep laughing. Review for this show, for Goodfellas Minute, for any podcast you listen to. That's the best thing you can do uh, short of helping directly is to just take a few seconds, go to iTunes, write a quick review, and uh, tell your mom also. Tell your mother about our podcast. Hey. Hey, mother. 
Tell your mother. Tell your mother about that Goodfellas show. She likes that movie, right? It's a good movie. <laughs> or if you have guns, an old, old Italian mother who likes to cook, classic tell her movie? too. Yeah. Music. You should watch that movie with your mom. <laughs> it's only a little bit of nudity. That's it for this. Is there nudity at all? It's a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a little, little bit. bit. There's a little, little bit. bit. That is it for this week's show. All right. Until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Are you? How far can you deteriorate well, mentally that you're no longer Josh? I'm a version of Josh. <laughs> <laughs>